Hey, thanks so much for joining us on our channel today. We wanna to encourage you to subscribe and like today's video. Also, today's word is brought to you by our Truth Partners. These are people who want to financially invest to help us get this message of truth to around the nation and around the world. You can become a Truth Partner today by simply going to creativechurch.com give. Again, thank you for partnering with us on this message of truth, and thank you for liking and subscribing to today's video. God bless you. I pray this sermon blesses your life. I am so thankful to be here. So happy to be here again, Pastor Jonathan and I. We've known each other over a decade. Uh, back in the olden days, uh, you know, we would talk through a bunch of the things that the church was doing. And, uh, and so now that we pastor in Texas, um, he has been really a Paul influence uh, on what we do. And I need to let you know, all of you that are going through all these vision things, uh, building great things for Jesus, you need to know that it goes beyond what you could possibly understand, that this church is an inspiration to us in Texas. In other words, when you sow and when you give and when you build, it's not only for your community, but it also reaches nationally. Um, and so we've looked up to them for many years. The things that they're doing here, um, it's, 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 it's rare. This is rare. This is, this is significant, and it's rare. And it should be um, cherished. This is a precious thing God is doing uh, in this house. And what a privilege. What a privilege to, uh, to be part of it and to serve together um, in America. It's an amazing thing. And so y'all are blessed. And uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 3 and verse 2. I'm going to get there in just a moment. But it's ironic to me that the Vikings are playing the Cowboys today <laughs> and that you would have a preacher from Texas on the platform. But God knew what he was doing because I am not from Dallas because Dallas is not Texas. Can I get an amen? It's not real Texan, okay? I'm from Houston. All right? I'm from Houston, and so pray for me because the Texans, we're not going to talk about it. But uh, can we talk about Justin Jefferson? Uh, can we talk about that? Amen. Someone was praying for him for that catch of the century. So go Vikings. I'm not about them boys. Um, dim boys. Um, so... My family, let me, let me introduce you to my family, my beautiful family. There's Pastor Kate, and uh, she's unbelievable to the left. Then there's our littlest, Georgia, Georgia Lou. Um, and then uh, Miles is our oldest. He's the one holding the pumpkin, very excited. And then Judah, uh, he's our middle child, and he's very stylish. And so we're so thankful to uh, do this together as a family. They're fully in it with us, and uh, we're thankful to do this together as a family. And I want to talk to you today, Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. We're going to get right into it. This is Moses that the Lord is speaking to. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, 
The bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Notice what he says. Take your sandals off your feet. Or take your shoes off your feet. Surrender your shoes. For the place where you stand is holy ground. I want to talk to you today on the subject of a surrendered life. A surrendered life. Let me pray for you. Lord, we love you. Jesus, thank you for your presence in this house and in this place. What a privilege it is to serve the King. What a privilege it is to be in your church. I thank you for your word today. I thank you that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, meaning it came out of your mouth. And so, Lord, it must be so in me that the second edge is it comes out of my mouth. And so I thank you for this word. We set under its power. We thank you that your word is so powerful that it renews our mind. And so I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in this service. You're building this church, Holy Spirit, actively. And I thank you that of all the people that are in this room, so many things going on, so many circumstances, I can't possibly know what's going on. But Holy Spirit, you know. That's what's amazing. I don't have to preach this sermon. You do. And so may there be a voice within my voice. In Jesus' mighty name, we all said amen. amen. A surrendered life. How many of you are the people that do this? I'm not mad at you, but kind of. You come over to someone's home, maybe it's for a holiday party, or many of you were about to enter Thanksgiving world, and the moment you step into the foyer of somebody's house, have you ever experienced that phrase, hey, I'm going to need you to take your shoes off. Now, it could be the Texan in me that is offended when someone asks me to take my shoes off. Anybody else like me? Anybody else like, hold up, what? No, in that moment you realize, you didn't realize that you were going to have to go into this house and take your shoes off and you're wearing the socks that you've held on to for over a decade that still have holes in them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Maybe, maybe you're cheap like me. It's funny what we're cheap with, especially men. How many men in here, your wife told you you already got holes in your underwear and you're holding on? No. These are lucky. No. These are... Amen. And you, you step in and they say, take your shoes off. You're like, oh, here we go. Here we go. I don't know what it is, but being in someone's house, you get your shoes off. You feel like, I don't know. You feel kind of vulnerable feel kind of humiliated. I don't know what it is. Like, what, are we in preschool? Take your shoes off? That's just me. So for the people that say take your shoes off, don't be offended. But I think it's interesting to me that when we read this passage, the first thing that God requires of Moses before he parts the Red Sea, before he talks to the king, before the miracle of when he takes the staff and plunges it into a rock and water comes out of it, before any of that happens, 
He says, hey, Moses, before I do these miracles in your life, I'm going to need you to take your shoes off. Where you're standing is holy ground. Take your shoes off. It's a request of surrender. And what's funny to me is that when God calls us to surrender, he's not checking our schedules. He's not saying, hey, is this a good time for me to ask you to surrender? He's not checking. He's not lining it up with our biological clocks. Hello? He's not lining it up with what we thought our life should be or shouldn't be. When God makes requests of us, it doesn't matter if it's a good time to us. Hey, I just want to take a moment and let you know that today's sermon is brought to you by our truth partners. If you're interested in being a truth partner, simply go to creativechurch.com slash give and select truth partners today. Again, please subscribe and like today's video. It's blessing you. It's blessing your family. And hey, let's get back to the word. He requests us, hey, I need you to surrender in this. Well, Lord, this is not a good time. This is not a good time to ask me to forgive. This is not a good time to ask me to trust you in my finances. This is not a good time for you to ask me to go there. This is not a good time. When everything is lined up, when I'm prepared, when I'm ready. And here we have Moses. He's in the desert. He's been running. He's 80 years old, and um, most of us, when we hit 80 years old, we start to think, I'm done. I'm good. I, you know, I've lived a long life. It's been amazing, but I'm going to be sipping my ties on the beach somewhere. And it's interesting to me that God comes to him in this place really that's inconvenient. He's too old. Um, he's out in the middle of the desert. He is a runaway murderer. And God says, surrender now to me. I think it's amazing to me how many of us make excuses because the things aren't lined up. You know, they did a study where they followed several families for 10 years and they studied uh, how they felt their life was going every year. Their career, their marriage, their children, their finances, their health. And they would create a number, a category system to say whether they were, felt good about those areas of their life. And here's what they found. Over the 10-year period, every single family, only 10% of the time was was everything good. 10%. 10%. So, so only one year out of 10 was everything like good. Translation, most of your life, something is going to be not ready or off. And so 90% of our life, there's going to be something wrong. Something's wrong. Marriage is great. Career is great, kids great, health bad. Health amazing, kids amazing, career amazing, marriage bad. 
And so we have to make a decision to stop refusing the voice of God when it comes as if God is making a mistake. When the voice of God comes, how many of y'all know, it's time. It's time. But what we do is we keep our shoes on. (laughs) No, 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 no. La, 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 la. Give me a sign, Lord. God gives you a sign. That wasn't a sign. That wasn't the sign. Take your shoes off. Take your shoes off. It's an act of surrender. It's saying, okay, okay, you've called me and I'm going to stop playing God games. You've called me and I'm going to stop being so rebellious. I have my rights. I don't you know what I've been through. Take your shoes off. You better surrender that attitude. I want you to surrender to me. And I found that God isn't checking in with my schedule. He's saying, I want this done. And we pray prayers, don't we? We pray prayers, God, use me. Right? Sounds good. Then God uses you. And you say, God, I feel used. And God's like, you asked me to use you. Oh, I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve at Creative Church. I'm going to serve. And then, and then you, you get done serving. And you got a zit in the middle of your head. You're stressed out. So much pressure. No one said thank you. Lord, what are you doing? You're serving. That's, that's what you need to understand. God is going to use you. And when you understand what God uses you, God uses you to reach people who don't even care about what you just did. And we're saying, oh, oh, I need, I need, I'm trying to get something out of this. Jesus was the most important person to walk into the room. He deserved the captain's chair. He deserved the best. And when he came into the room, he didn't say, where's my captain's chair? Where's my stuff? He came into the room and said, what do you need? Which easy to say, hard to do. Because what we do is, oh, I'm going to serve. Oh, I'm going to serve. No one said, thank you. No, no, no. Take those shoes off. You know, I don't serve because of what I'm going to get out of it. I serve because the king told me to serve. So I take my shoes off and I say, hey, you know what? I don't need anything. Jesus doesn't have to do one thing for me. He, he already gave me the cross. It's enough. Everything else is whipped cream. Hello. Everything else is whipped cream. I tell young men all the time, they're like, oh, this business, this is hard, this is whatever. I say, are you saved? They say, well, yeah. I say, okay, so you are going to be in eternity forever with Jesus. You already won. What are you worried about? Oh, this is going bad. This is going, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Pull up your phone. Show me a picture of your wife. I, I literally do this to the young men. Does she love you? Yeah. But, you know, work is hard. Okay. Show me that little baby. Show, look at that little baby. You won the lottery, man. Done. Done. Quit acting like you have rights when you serve the king. Sorry, taking my shoes off. And I think there are a couple of things 
about living his surrendered life that God wants from us and for us. What I know is that when Moses was in the desert, he wasn't in the desert because that was God's plan. He was in the desert because he was running. He was in the desert because he was running. And so when God sees Moses, he's about to expand his territory. Number one, when you live a surrendered life, God wants you to take your running shoes off. What I know about people in this room right now, you are running away from the voice of God. You are running away from his words. You are running away from his plan. You are running away from your marriage. You are running away from, from trusting him and his finances. You are running uh, in your finances. You're running away. You're running away. You think that you can keep your shoes on. In other words, you think that you've got options. No. When I confess that Jesus is Lord of my life, I take my shoes off. So the news doesn't tell me what truth is. Social media doesn't tell me what truth is. His word tells me what the truth is. Truth, I don't find my truth, my truth in here, right? Well, this is my truth. As a believer, I confess that my truth doesn't come from in here. My truth comes outside of myself in his word. And when I read his word and I say, his word has authority in my life. Do you know what's the most comforting phrase in a culture that wants to cancel everybody? The Bible says. The Bible says. He is the, Jesus is the wisdom of God. And he is the word made flesh. So when I read God's word, guess what it is? You know what the, God's word is? It's the breath of God. You see your breath in Minnesota all the time. When you read, when you open the word, it's the breath of God hitting you in the face. It, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I'm around a lot of, I call them Christian Buddhists. They're on a spiritual journey. Have you ever heard somebody say that? I'm on a spiritual journey, you know. Just a spiritual journey, just figuring it out because I'm a spiritual person. But haven't you noticed that Jesus always had pushed people to conclusions? Jesus was a closer. Do I have any business people in the room? He was the best closer. Bring him in, he's going to close him in. He would say, I hear what they say who I am. Okay, now let me flip it. Who do you say I am? Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And, and we need to know that, that many times we live in a culture where people will elevate conversation over conclusion. Let's just have a conversation. Well, let's, can we have a conclusion, please? Can we just go ahead and conclude that if Jesus is Lord and if we believe that he rose again from the dead, that that comes with some... Uh, responsibilities. There are people that can be saved and not a Christian. There can be people that are saved and not a Christian. That the word made flesh has words. 
He has words. And, and what we do is, is we, we think that we can keep our shoes on because someone's going to get mad at me in social media. Someone's Guess what? People walked out of Jesus' sermons. If people think about Jesus, he could preach the whole house down. Think about it. And people walked out of his sermons. So guess what? When you take your shoes off and surrender your truth for his truth, there's going to be some damage, some collateral damage. But when you take your shoes off, you are saying, Lord, I give you my rights. I, I give you my life. And I'm not running away from you anymore. There's no plan B. I have burned the ships. I've burned the ships. When we moved to Houston, I tell the church, we bought our burial plots. And, and some of you, you think you have options. You know what? Jonah had an option too, but storms came. And do you think the further he went, the further he went? No. What happened is he got swallowed up. And you think that keeping your shoes on is going to make life easier or better. But the truth is what you want in life is not easy. You don't want easy. You think, okay, my life is supposed to lead up to this place where I'm sipping my ties on the beach. That's what my life is supposed to be. But the truth is, you might like that for a week, but after a week, you're going to ask yourself this question. What am I doing? Like, what is this? So what do you really want? You know what you really want? You really want purpose. You want purpose. You want purpose. And God was speaking to Moses, and he's saying, Moses, no more running. No more running. I want you to surrender to me. And Moses said, here I am. Here I am. And so, some of you need to make the declaration in 2023. I'm... Taking my shoes off. Not running. Not running anymore. Not running from my marriage. I'm not running from the call of God. I'm not running from that ministry call in my life. I'm not running away from that idea that God just won't let me put I'm not running away from that song idea, that book idea. I'm not running away from the fact that God's calling me to go into this vocation or this new thing. I'm not, I'm not running away because, because I've taken my shoes off. God wants you to surrender. I think the second reason that the Lord wanted him to take his shoes off is, number two, when you're surrendered, it makes you more sensitive where you walk. I just took my shoes off, and you don't know it, but this stage has a texture to it. Now, I couldn't feel it with my shoes on. The texture was there. The feel was there, but it's amazing. When I took my shoes off, I can feel differently. In my home... When you take your shoes off, you need to be careful because um, where are all my parents at? It's a Lego wonderland. So if you're not careful, 
you can get, you can cut an artery open. You can slash a tendon in half with a Lego. And my daughter has Barbies and, and they have little like forks and knives now, like little Barbie forks and knives. And then I realized when I moved to Texas that I'm, I'm, I'm severely allergic to fire ants. So, and, and, and by the way, just so you know, in Texas, they are everywhere. So I'm surrounded by death. <laughs> surrounded. So I have to watch where I take my shoes off because I know that my sensitivity level goes up. And when you take your shoes off and you surrender to the call of the Holy Spirit and you surrender to what God's word says, what happens is you can't walk the same places you used to walk. You, 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 you have a sensitivity now to that situation. See, see, you don't parent your kids, the Holy Spirit does. And they reach this age where they become demonic. <laughs> they become demonic. And what you want to do is just say, ah, forget them. You know what? They're going to church. They're going to Young and Creative. You know, it, it, it's good. And that's amazing and that's good. But what happens is we as parents, we keep our shoes on, kind of become numb to them. They slam the door. They're on their phone. Let them do their thing. They're going through a, a, a phase. Hold on. Hold up. Take your shoes off. And what you're going to find is distancing yourself from your children is not good. When you take your shoes off, the Holy Spirit will tell you things to do with them. The Holy Spirit will tell you, I feel like this is a, a, a word for somebody, that you need to take that teenage son or daughter on a date or on a trip, and you need to forget whatever you think they're doing is wrong. Forget whatever attitudes are going on. Take them to a restaurant. Take them to the best restaurants. Laugh together. Tell stories together. Joke together. Have it be a moment. I know you're busy. I know you have a schedule. But these things don't get sorted out when you keep your shoes on. They don't. And, and the Holy Spirit, remember Jesus? He would spit in mud. I'm like, what? Huh? That's unorthodox. Why would he do that? Because the Holy Spirit said, spit in the mud, do that. And the Holy Spirit will ask you to do unorthodox things. Take off time work. Because in the end, too many parents keep their shoes on and we miss it. We want to numb it. We want to numb it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. But when you take your shoes off, God will give you. I love that you guys do cell phone permit. My son's 11 years old. He comes crying, Dad, I need a cell phone. Everybody in my class has it. How many kids are in your class? 22. How many kids have a phone? 21. <laughs> right? But me as a dad, I know uh, what that is. Teenage suicide rates, especially as you know, in Minnesota are the highest they've ever been. A huge reason, cell phones. So I can go ahead and load up a gun. I'm in Texas. There's a lot of guns. I can load up a gun and hand it to my son, my 11-year-old son, and say, hey, don't shoot yourself, but here's your gun. 
It's the same thing. To me, as a parent, when I look at it, I'm, I'm from the, the, I'm from, I'm barely, I'm a zennial. I'm, I'm not really a millennial. I do not, I'm not going to embrace that. But I am at the time where, where we didn't have internet, and now then we did, do. We, we don't know what we don't know. And, and so guess what? Miles, my son Miles, you're going to get a Nokia cell phone where you have to press the number five times to get the letter S. Come on, can I get a hallelujah, amen? That's real texting. <laughs> Why? Now, again, some of you feel guilty. My, my son has a cell phone, blah, blah, blah. Again, I'm not trying to be the Holy Spirit for your kids. I'm saying that when I've taken my shoes off for my children, God tells me things that only the Holy Spirit says they can do that, but they, they can't. Right? That's why it's a sensitivity. When you take your shoes off in your marriage, God will tell you things about your marriage. But you know what I've learned in marriage? You know what people want to, people, well, well, she doesn't under. Whenever I sit down with couples, you know what they say? He doesn't understand me. Well, she doesn't understand me. Right? Right? Proverbs says that when we trust in the Lord with our whole heart, lean not on your own. But we want to be understood. He wants to be understood. She wants to be understood. So guess how you're going to find understanding? Understanding each other. Hey, let me try to understand. Right? Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. But too many people want to keep their rights. Well, she needs to understand me. Take your shoes off. Understand her. Take your shoes off. Understand him. Understand him. Sensitivity comes. A sensitivity comes. Hey, they're good people. You're good people. But when you come together... Bad things happen. And you might have to be sensitive to say in 2023, these relationships cannot be in my life. I love you over there. And that's okay. Jesus had his 12 and he had his three. So guess what? Not everybody is meant to be in your inner circle. And what happens is God wants a relationship to be done. God wants a relationship, a, a scaffolding relationship, scaffolding. It was there to build something great in your life. It was amazing. It was incredible. But now the scaffolding's done. And that was great. And it was amazing. But God's saying, you're going here now. They can't be part of it. Not mad at you, but you're not part of my future. Why do you think I call Pastor Jonathan all the time? I just said, we're, we're, at, we're at dinner. He's like a fountain of ideas, a fountain of wisdom. And I'm like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm horrible. You need people like that in your life. When you get around them, you're like, dude, I need to be better. I need to be a better dad. I need to be a better husband. I need to be a better, I need to be a better wife. I need to be a better mother. You need people like that in your life because that's the top five people that are in your life. It's like radiation. All I have to do is be around them, and I, it'll influence me. It'll influence. And what we think is you can hang on to these childish high school relationships. And the, well, we have history. Good. History is history. For a reason. Because the shrapnel of people's lives, the shrapnel, oh, I'll be fine. No, 
No, Hebrews 2 says, lest you drift away. Meaning, why do you have to come to church? I don't, have, I don't need to come to church to be a Christian. That's demonic. What? You're wrong. I'm just going to do it myself. I'm just going to go and I'm going to get on the slopes and I'm going to talk to Jesus on the slopes. No. No. The church is Jesus' bride. And when you get away and you drift away from the church, this is spiritual. What you listen to, what you are around, just coming into the church, coming into the church, it's spiritual. The Holy Spirit builds his church. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is the love of God. Okay? When you come to church, when you come, churches, and I appreciate online, I love it, and there's seasons where that needs to happen, and that's amazing. But the church, we're the church when we're in the building together proximally. We're here together. That is when we are the church. Don't mean to offend somebody. But we need to get a grip with this because, because, because this is the institution. This is what God has built to get us around each other lest we drift away. And when we just sit under the fountain of Jesus' words, when we get around each other and speak prophetic words over each other, it gets on us, it gets in us, and God makes us better. And what I'm saying is we can drift away into these other relationships when we don't have our shoes off and we become numb. We start blaming. Let me put it this way. There was a woman at the church. She served for like over a decade. Her kids were in the youth uh, Praise band, unbelievable family, like ridiculous family. And then 2020 hit where everyone in America got offended at everything. And they left the church. I'm on social media. Later, this woman is, I see her making a comment on a thread of a young mother that has two little boys. And she says, hey, I've got my, these two little boys. I'm just trying to think of activities that are going to be good for them. And she commented on there and said, make sure you never take them to church. She said, I've learned what that is, and it was not good for them. I almost threw up. Demonic. Evil. This is the house where people get saved. This is the house. This is the house where people, um, you know, I'm looking at the vision thing. There's no greater thing that you can sow into than the house of God. Like, there is no greater institution on planet Earth that you can sow into than Jesus' house. There is no, and what happens is, we get in our head, we, we keep our shoes on. Oh, I love this, I love this preaching. I've got options, though. Thanks, Pastor. I like this. But once Pastor Jonathan starts talking about vision giving, tithing, hello, I'm done. Turn it off. I got my shoes on. Thanks. Church always wants my money. Right? Did you know I've left Costco and somebody checks my receipt at Costco to make sure that I paid? Well, the church wants my money. Costco wants my money. That's for sure. <laughs> Isn't that demonic? Well, the church just wants my money. Okay. Um, I've never walked into Costco and said, hey, I gave you 300 Because every time I go to Costco, I spend $300. <sighs> Right? Don't even want to look at my membership to Starbucks, my membership to Chick-fil-A. Hello. They, they want your money too. 
But isn't it funny that the reputation is the church just wants my money? But I've never walked into Costco and said, hey, I paid you $300. They're like, what did you do with it? I want to see what Costco has done with $300 that I gave them. But somehow, we come into church with our shoes on, and we get to dictate how God wants to be worshipped. Oh, tithe? Oh, no. Oh, hold up. Oh, hold on. Take your shoes off. Take your shoes off. Because, um, yeah, he lets us keep 90%. And I come and I worship him. And, and, and oh, oh, look, look what your giving goes toward, helping babies survive. Look what it goes to, young people that have a place to find Jesus on a Wednesday night. Look what it goes to, people that are coming in here that are facing suicide, facing suicidal thoughts, a place to go to where people can encounter the Holy Spirit, a place to come to where people during the worship service, one after the other after the other, are being baptized. That's, that's, that's what God does through a house like this. And yes, there are realities that lights need to be on. And yes, I, if you like water, running water. You know, that that has a real bill. It doesn't magically get paid. And so what God does is he brings a group of people together. It doesn't matter the amount. God's into percentages. We would know that with the widow's might. She comes in. Jesus stops the whole worship service and says, stop the music. This woman right here gave all that she had. So some people get an amount in their mind. Jesus is after percentages. He's watching the offering. Okay. Look what so, can you imagine if I did that in the service? Let's open the envelope. Look what so-and-so just gave. Amen. Amen. What percentage was that? All right. Amen. Let's open the next one. So what happens is you numb yourself to thinking that God doesn't ask much of you. I don't read that in God's word at all. You know what I do read? Peter got crucified upside down with his wife for this. Matthew got speared to the ground. And we don't think that we have to surrender anything. What has he done for me? See, when I take my shoes off, I'm sensitive to what God has called me to do. And I remember when I faced, again, I'm focusing in on that area, but any area of your life where you've had, you think you have rights, or you think you can, you can curb, jump out of God's word. You think that you individually can jump out of it. You're wrong. You're wrong. You are going, I remember I was 21 years old. I had the same thing. Oh, I don't need to tithe. And I remember I was trying to, have you had this tithe 10% uh, gross or net? How many of you had that conversation, right? I was 21 years old. I'm at a stoplight. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to pray. And when I, when, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to take my shoes off. In this area, and you tell me I'm 21 years old, I don't have anything, I don't have any furniture, my mattress is on the ground. Okay, net or gross? Lord, you know my heart, you know what's up. I close my eyes. God said, give big. I said, I knew you would do this to me. I knew you would do this to me. Give big. And so I started to tithe. 10% gross faithfully at 21 years old. When you take your shoes off, 
you tell God, I trust you more than I trust me. I trust you more than I trust me. And I surrender my rights. People want to tell me all the time, Pastor, the Lord told me to tell you to do this thing over here. Thank you that the Lord told you to tell me. But as a pastor, it's amazing. It's almost like Spider-Man. You know, I'm getting a little nerdy here. When he gets bit by the spider, he has all these abilities. When you become a pastor, you get a, a set of nerve endings where the people in your church, you know what's going on. It's insane. It's, it, it's amazing, and it's really, really annoying. Like, you guys are amazing, but, but you know, you're thinking, there's not a moment. I, right now, I'm thinking about City Mark. Right now, so what are they doing? How was today? How's that? This person, there was a young girl in my church that shot herself in the stomach this week, and she, thank God, she survived. She had to have part of her colon removed, but she hit a part of her vertebrae. And I'm thinking, right now I'm preaching. I'm like, oh, man, you know, what about, what about her? What about her? What about her family? What's going on? What's happening? This person's drifting away. This person went through, belong, and, and they haven't come back. Why, why didn't they come back? What's going on? When you're a pastor, you are sensitive. So you pray for Pastor Jonathan because he's stepping up here doing all these things, worried about you, thinking about you, concerned about you. What's going on with you? What's happening with you? How's your family? What's going on? How's your gifts? How are you doing? Da, 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 da. It's horrible, but great. And so if people come up and want to tell me that the Lord told them to tell me, I'm like, uh, no, the Lord tells me a lot of stuff. Pastor, the Lord told me that I need to leave my wife because I need to be happy. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Nope. I'm sorry. Sounds good. I want to be happy. Happiness is based off happenings. If this happens, if this happens, if this happens, then I can be happy. Joy says none of that has to happen, and I'm fulfilled. That's, what, that's where God, God, you don't want to be happy, you want to be joyful. Finally, and I'm done. When you are surrendered, it allows God to step in. So when you take your shoes off, it leaves an opening where your feet should be that his feet step into. I thought I had rights. I thought I did. Taking my shoes off, and now, Lord, you take over, which, by the way, is the best. It's the most comforting feeling ever. I don't need to be worried about my finances. I don't need to be worried about my marriage. I don't need to be worried about my kids because when I take my shoes off, he steps in. It sounds simple, but a lot of people, you're, you are running today. You are hanging on to your shoes. And before God did any miracles, he said, Moses, take your shoes off. I need to know that you're not going to run. I need to know that you're going to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I need to know that you're going to allow me to step into that area of your life. Joshua 1.3 says, every place, notice the verbiage, that the sole of your foot, not the shoe, the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Isaiah 52, 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation. Translation, how good it is when Creative Church comes together and does all of these things 
for so many people how good it is that we all take our shoes off and say, God, what would you have me do? No expectations. You've given me Jesus. I have all that I need. Remember when Paul said, he said, take this thorn away from me. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you. That sounds good. Well, what is grace? Grace is not a word. Grace is a person. Notice. Who's the person? Grace is the person of Jesus Christ. Paul's like, this is hard, this is hard, this is hard. And God's like, hey, I've given you Jesus. You're good. You're good. You're going to be fine. You're going to be good. I take my shoes off because he steps in. God challenged me so much five years ago in my life. My wife had a prophetic dream that we were to have three children, two boys and a little girl. And of course, it came to pass that we had two boys. And then we were in the ultrasound room. The ultrasound tech said, do you want to know if it's a boy or girl? I said, yes. And she said, it's a girl. I'm crying. And she continues to take pictures and whatever. It takes forever. And they come in. They give us a box of tissues. They said, but hold on. There's something on our face. I'm like, what do you mean? No, no, no. Hold up. Hold up. This is, this is the dream. This is, no, 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 no. No. You're not allowed to say that about my dream girl. They said it's a tumor, it's in her mouth, and it's growing rapidly. And so they referred us to Cincinnati Children's Hospital. We were in Cincinnati at the time. They brought us in. Pastor Kate, my wife, she had to be on bed rest for two months. Couldn't move because if Georgia were born, she would die. And so they brought her in. Georgia was born. They cut out the tumor in her mouth, and they gave her a trach. And she was in, I think they have a photo, she was in the NICU for six months. Six months. Couldn't eat. She had a G-tube. Could barely breathe on a ventilator. And I remember looking at this like, God, I have taken my shoes off. I've surrendered my whole life to you. And I'll never forget my pastor. He told me, he was like, we are not exempt from pain. We are not exempt. I remember praying like, this isn't real. I remember trying to manifest, you know, manifest. And I remember I would, I would reach my hand out and say, the ventilator isn't there. And I remember my hand hitting that hard, cold ventilator. And I was like, no, it's real. This is real. This is real. And as a father, the father's in the room. Have it happen to me, but having it happen to my baby girl. There is no greater pain Multiple times she would have infections. Many times her oxygen levels would go down and I would sprint to the ambulance. I remember one cold December, I was sprinting to the ambulance. She had RSV and my foot slipped on the ambulance step and my knee hit that hard ambulance step. And I said, God, why? And I'll never forget, I don't know what it was, But because it was my family and it was my little girl, I thought that I had rights. And I was trying to keep my shoes on, trying to keep control. And there was a moment where I just, I, I, I literally looked at her and I said, Lord, you love her more than I ever could. 
take my shoes off. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do, Holy Spirit. And little by little, day by day, she was healed an onion skin at a time. Day by day, I just had to walk with the Lord with my shoes off, fully surrendered to Him financially, spiritually, emotionally. And I had to walk through that, walk through it. And day by day, God would heal her little by little. Little by little, He, he, he took away the trach. Little by little, she began to eat. Little by little, she, she was growing. And before we left into our ministry, the final thing to come out was the G-tube, and it came out. And, and I'll never forget all that God walked us through and how much I had to surrender my rights and because God wants to know, will you still serve me no matter what you're going through? Will you take your shoes off when it's inconvenient? Will you do it? And, I, and I'll never forget this. This is just, just and, I, and I'm done gone too long I'll never forget we got the bill four million dollars twenty two thousand dollars a day to be in NICU hello four million but the church I was at I didn't know that the elders made sure that every staff member had unbelievable insurance and so when I got the bill four million it whittled all the way down to what I owed a thousand bucks Hold on. Watch this. I started to weep. And the Holy Spirit, like lightning, came down and hit me in my chest. And it, it, it was like a time machine. It rolled me all the way back to a 21-year-old kid at a stoplight asking God, should I give net or gross? Hold on. And the Holy Spirit... Spirit told me I rebuke the devourer for your sake and at 21 I didn't know that I was going to need a financial miracle but God did and God knew what was in my future and he said take your shoes off son and even though I was like man this is hard man, this is tough I didn't know that I was going to need him and then and what I'm here to declare over your life is you don't know what you need, but God does. But he can't move in your life until you take your shoes off. Holy Spirit, thank you for this word. I thank you for these people. Whatever's going on in their life, Lord, you know what's going on. And what's amazing is you love us, you care for us. Who are we that you would care for us? Who are we that you would get up on that cross and lay your life down? Your word says that you, no one took your life. You laid it down. What in the world? Jesus, you took your shoes off before we did. You took your rights, all that was due you, the glory that's due you, and you took it off, set it aside for our good. And so, Lord, whatever needs to happen in this room, whoever's running, in the mighty name of Jesus, under the sound of my voice, I'm going to ask you to stop running. I'm going to ask you to take your shoes off. I'm going to ask you to relinquish your rights. Relinquish your rights. She said, he said, no. 
Stop it. Take your shoes off. They did. Well, they owe me. They Take your shoes off. Well, God was supposed to take your shoes off. Lord, we trust you. I'm not running anymore. Whatever sensitive things for the parents in the room, for the marriages in the room, for the single people in the room, as they take their shoes off, give them, Holy Spirit, a sensitivity. Your word says that there'll be a voice behind us, whether we look to the left or to the right, saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. I thank you for the direction of the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit in this room. And Lord, I thank you that when we take our shoes off, we don't have to be worried because you step in. And so today we take our shoes off and I'm, I'm here to tell somebody that, that your destiny begins when you take your shoes off. That's when Moses' journey began. He took his shoes off. It's a surrendered life. Not an easy life. Not a pressure-free life. Not a pain-free life. But it is a better life. So we surrender. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for being selfish. Forgive us for being focused on ourselves. And I thank you that whatever area we have to surrender to you, that you would show yourself faithful in that area. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all said a big amen. Hey, if this sermon blessed you and your family, I wanna encourage you to be a truth partner. You can do that by simply going to creativechurch.com slash give and partnering with us to help get this message of truth out to more people in our nation and around the world. It is our truth partners that make this a reality. Again, thank you for subscribing to our channel. Thank you for liking today's video. We'll see you back here on the channel real soon.